And uh, I didn't feel like preaching today anyhow. So... so, Mike's got, I think, a really good word um, that's going to encourage you and make you go, huh. And uh, so, without further ado, I'm going to turn this microphone off. Lord, bless Mike. Give him an anointing. Uh, Did he even hear things this morning that he didn't know that he knew? Uh, To bring glory to yourself. Amen. Well, I feel like the Lord's been speaking to me about this for a while, and it, it's kind of like the backstory to what Jackie's been teaching. Uh, you know, we've been going through Acts, learning a lot of what the body of Christ does. But um, there is, uh, I believe, what Scripture shows as a normal Christian life. And I think in the Western civilization, we've lost a lot of the, the normalcy. You know, we... We talk about not having the power. I mean, it's like we're trying to get this thing regenerated. I think a lot of the movements in the body of Christ are seeking that experience. And uh, some parts of the the gospel are being uh, left out, uh, probably because it's not very comfortable. So I want to go to a verse here. Let's see if I can get this thing to work. (laughs) So if you go to Galatians 2.20 for me, if you want, I guess you just read this. So I consider this not some kind of abstract only for Paul thing, but this is normal Christian life. This is what happens to us. This is what's happened to each of us when we enter into the covenant with Jesus. I have been crucified with Christ It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith, by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So it says, it is no longer I who live. I think we've been retired. So when you become a Christian, you're actually set aside. That's what it says, doesn't it? Uh, no longer I who live, right? So there's some kind of uh, replacement that goes on in the cross. And like again, I, I think it can be religiously looked at and said, well, that was for Paul, you know, or whatever, for this, the saints. But this applies to every Christian. And that substitution is real and to be successful as a Christian to, be, to walk in the spirit we have to understand that it's no longer I who live so much of our angst much of our problems is because we still live I mean I'm just being, just being honest with you guys and it's not that God didn't like us he just wants to see his son So, uh, when we talk about spiritual power or walking in the spirits, it seems a, a distance or strange concept to us, doesn't it? And like I said, there's a lot of um, uh, uh, churches that uh, 
to go to various things like the Word of Faith movement or the Pentecostals. They try to degen this stuff up, and a lot of it has are good, and a lot of it has error also, because the old man is still alive. And one of the things that's wonderful today is the normal body life, normal Christian life, is, it's Scripture says, to each one of us is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To me, a normal church service is each one of you have a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Every one of you. It doesn't say just to certain people, does it? So, God, when there isn't the normal manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit in whatever gifts, it's not always just prophetic or what have you. There's other things too. That's normal. And I tie those two together that when we are no longer in the way, then that can happen. And honestly, what we did this morning was more unusual than what we, we usually do. Seriously. I think that's really cool because that's, that's to me is normal because God is speaking or dealing or manifesting himself through each of us and it's a manifestation. It's not a, you know, uh, something you, co- you come up with. It's actually a manifestation of the spirit. Of course, there's different, there's different gifts, but you know, in many churches, it's just, uh, you know, behind Europe, it's one guy or a couple guys run the whole show and, and it becomes a theater so, really, church is not like that. And that's one thing I think Jackie and I and Randy are all concerned about is this becoming theater and we just entertaining people. When all of, we need y'all, we need everybody. We need everybody from the smallest to the greatest. We need everybody manifesting a gift properly, of course, and it's all described in Scripture what to do. So, but the normal Christian life, that's going to happen when we get out of the way. Okay? So, and the other thing I like about what Jackie's been preaching is the, the power of God. And that's from my uh, early days as a Christian and before that, I grew up in the Catholic Church and it was so dry. It was bad. I mean, it was just, it drove me crazy. I was an altar boy and I did the whole gamut. I went to nine First Fridays, got saved that way, you know. And... Uh, I did all the religious things, but it was so dead uh, that it drove, it drove me out. And I knew there was something more real. And that's why a lot of people go toward the occult. Because there's some spiritual, although it's demonic mostly. But, but that's why people seek those things. Because we want something real. So in Christianity, there is that. But it's um, unlike the world, you don't... Uh, become an, a, a, a guru master where you meditate long enough and control matter, which they do, by the way. So, because that's a false kind of power. So, the normal Christian life is having a, let me read this whole verse, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not ourselves. Okay, so we have this Surpassing greatness. And also, by the way, it's not, can't be faked. It's real. <clears throat> There's a lot of chicanery out there, but this in Christianity is surpassing greatness of power. Okay? We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. 
struck down but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be also manifested in our body. That's the uh, previous verse, manifestation of the gifts. It's one of the ways. So that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to, to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death works in us, but life in you. Isn't that cheery? <laughs> Isn't that, what? yeah, do it. Now, now can you understand why people are And this is not just for Paul. Just for that time when he was in Asia or whatever. This applies to every Christian. That's why it's in there. I, I think religious people will say, oh, yeah, he's, he was, poor Paul was, you know, he was on the leading edge. This is normal Christian life. And that's when the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. You know, we've seen a lot of people do stuff, in the, you know, and manifesting whatever. And it's like, well, is there more? Well, there is. And you can tell the difference. It's like uh, when I went to a John Wimber thing back in the 80s. And it was just overwhelming. I mean, the glory of God was so strong that, you know, it couldn't have been him. You knew it. That's what I'm talking about. Or Bill Green going to one of his things. Go to a church and he wave his hand and the whole... I'm not saying that it's always, you always want that, but the kingdom does have power. And there's a reason for it. It's for God's glory, not for ours. And, And that's the point. I mean, he wants to heal and touch and deliver people. It's wonderful. I had a roommate when I was in uh, Fort Bliss that uh, um, he was expressing a desire to go to a full gospel businessman. And uh, so we went together. I left early. I don't know what he was doing, but some of these guys prayed for him and flattened him out. He didn't know what was going on. The Lord flattened him out for a half hour. And I forget his name now. He came back and said, Mike, you don't believe what happened? And I said, what? I was out for a half hour under the power of God. And I said, well, what did he say? And he said, it's going to be okay. <laughs> for a half hour. For a half hour. For a half hour. But the power was so strong. He, he was not, you know, that was not something that uh, he would normally do. Anyway, so I've seen the power of God operate, and it was obvious because he got uh, filled with spirit after that. And he stopped playing my stereo. He blew out one of my speakers and after he got saved, he left it alone. <clears throat> anyway. I always wonder if we should if the Lord would hook me up with him again. I wonder what he's doing right now. <laughs> Probably. So apparently there's a process, y'all. <laughs> Apparently, there's a work that God does in the hearts of believers. And when he says he sets, uh, we've died, there's an actual process that God goes through. And um, in Galatians, I wanted to show you this, that uh, apparently, uh, uh, 
there's the leadership in the church is involved in forming Jesus in people. And you can get unformed. <laughs> so there's, there's a place where Jesus is manifested through you, and then you decide to walk in the flesh. So let's just read this. My children with whom I am again in labor until Christ is formed in you. Again. Isn't that interesting? Well, in a culture that's used to comfort, yeah. Yeah. It's probably this. I wouldn't be surprised at the same thing. So uh, our, our worldview for, you know, life is, is much different from much of the, other world, the rest of the world. And even suffering and death. Um, anyway. So... I just wanted to show you that because we can get out of it even after getting saved. You know, a lot of people get saved with power. I did. And, uh, but then there's always these valleys and these things that happen afterwards. And where did God go? You know, the wilderness experience and all It's like, well, it's because we need to be taught that God's dealing with us. He doesn't want us to stay the same. So, apparently, there's some process or dealing of forming suffering that God uses to manifest His Son in us. So, this is where I'm going to preach a little bit. <laughs> you have to forgive me. I'm, I have to watch it. Cause, anyway, I think in this country or in the age of hyperfaith or what we call overrealized eschatology, much of it's being, being explained away. Now, what I mean by that is we're taking something that's for the future and bringing it here, okay? God did not promise that we're going to have heaven here and nothing bad's going to happen. And, and, and that overrealized eschatology is what much of the church in America is doing. They're using a faith message to pervert the gospel. Now, there's some good in it. You have to winnow it out, but they're... they're uh, their, uh, I call it hyperfaith, and actually, some of those guys like the term hyperfaith. I found out, <clears throat> so they said, "Well, if we're hyperfaith, then I, I embrace it." It's like, Ugh. so, because um, I, I, we were all in this thing, and what it does is it makes it skews your view of how God is dealing with you. So, like with Paul, Paul had a demon, right? That's what he said. I'm not amplifying. So a, a hyperfaith guy would say, I rebuke you, devil, in the name of Jesus. And but, but God provided that thing to him. So, uh, anyway. What it, <laughs> yeah, it's, there's, there's problems on the other side, too. You have to watch it. God's not evil. Okay. Anyway, thus the dealings of God are completely mis- or misinterpreted. So, can you understand why Paul is perplexed and why we are so powerless? Because we're doing it on our own. And we're not letting him do it. So, Martin Luther, to his credit, although some of the stuff's pretty esoteric, I'll admit. And, by the way, would you guys, when you take this, when you go home, start studying some of these concepts, like over-realized eschatology and the, this thing with Martin Luther... Uh, the age of the cross versus the age of glory. It's really enlightening to see that back in those days, Martin Luther, there was a group of guys that believed heaven was coming now. And he says, no, 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 no. 
we're in the age of the cross. We're not in heaven yet. We're going to be. And so what they were trying to do is bring those things here that were not appropriate and excuse your worldview. So Martin Luther explained this problem years ago and called it the age of the cross versus the age of glory. Uh, if you study that, some of it's a little, you know, it's 16th century, but it's amazing back then that these people, that Martin Luther saw that if you don't relate to the, where we are now, that you, uh, you, you malfunction. And it was causing all kinds of problems. I don't know if I should get into detail. I, I like to go through it, but um, let me just read this real quick and then we'll move on. The theology of the cross or the theologia crucis, how do you say it? Is a term coined by the German theologian Martin Luther to refer to the belief that the cross is the only source of spiritual knowledge concerning who God is and how God saves. Only at the cross does does a fallen human being gain the understanding that is as a result of the indwelling Holy Spirit at conversion. Cross theology is contrasted with theology of glory or the gloria, which places greater emphasis on human abilities and human reason. And I'm telling you, a lot of the stuff that's being preached is exactly that. You have to have enough faith, and if you don't get healed, it's your problem. That's exactly what that is, I'm telling you. Now, there's importance of faith... But it comes down to emphasis on human abilities and human reasoning. Uh, And he used this in some dissertation, which you can look up. Doctrines of the depravity of man. (laughs) Anyway, it's really eye-opening because you'd think that this is a current problem, but no, it's been around a long time. So, I want to read this to you. 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 11. For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves, so that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a peril of death, and will deliver us. He on whom we have set our hope, and he will yet deliver us. You also joining and helping us through your prayers, so that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many. I had this uh, event happen when I was, this is probably the seminal event in my life. You guys talk about stories? Well, this is my story. Um, back in 79, I think it was, 78, we were uh, pretty much in the Word of Faith camp, strong. And I, I mean, I was a card carrier. Um, I donated to their ministry, and, and uh, some of St- Brother Hagen's stuff is, is still wonderful. It's just the, uh, when you take it too far. Anyway, um, the Lord was dealing with me about this stuff, and I didn't quite understand why it wasn't as true as what they were saying. You know, you have a dealing, and you're not sure what's going on. So I was minding my own business, 
And I was come, I lived outside of the post because we got favor from the commanding general, my friend and I. And so we, we, uh, walk, I would take a taxi to my town and walk home. And I was walking home and, you know, like I said, minding my own business. And the Lord spoke to me out loud in my right ear. And he usually does not do this. I don't want you thinking this happens all the time. <laughs> it's the only time it's ever happened. Okay? I don't hear voices. But I knew it was him. He said, I have sentenced you to death. And so, I mean, I'm walking in a... <laughs> I do. I literally, I stop. And I re- it's a gentle voice. It was really sweet. And I, I said, excuse me, sir? And I said, sir. And he said, I have sentenced you to death. And I said, oh, where is that? Because I didn't know. And he told me, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And I ran, and I ran, you should say, <laughs> I ran home. He actually told me the, the book and the chapter, and not the verse, which was curious, but he told me the book and the chapter. That was cool. I didn't know where that was. Wow, I've got to find out if this is real. I'm serious. I went home looking to see if it was in there. So I read it, and there it was. It was like, oh, what does that mean? <laughs> uh, it really, it scared me a bit. But I'm, you know, when that happens to you, when you don't know the verse and he tells it to you, you figure it's got to be God, right? <clears throat> that could be the devil doing that. Anyway, uh, um, so I said, well, sir, I just submit. Whatever you want, I, I don't know what this means. I don't understand it. I guess you're retiring me. Amen. You know, really, think about it. Bowed my head, and I was praying, and somebody's knocking on my door. Nobody comes to my door. This is German and uh, oh that's curious <laughs> so I go to the door and there's a buddy of mine from 3rd Infantry he's a precious brother uh, at the time I didn't know the problems he was having but uh, he came in with a coat in his hand because it gets real cold in the winters and I anyway he was bringing an offering I guess it was I don't know I, apparently the Lord prepped him but we call him Red Red brought his a coat to me and he said hey Mike you need this for the winter don't you sure what's, what's going on man would you pray for me please sorry uh, anyway it's the first time I operated in discerning of spirits and uh, he was doing heroin I didn't know it and uh, he came we prayed I laid hands on him and I, I think he started vomiting. He went, and the thing started coming out of him once I prayed for him. That's the first time I've, I've operated in something like that. God just pulled it right out of him. So, no, no big deal. I mean, no fluff and fluff. I just prayed for the man, and he got delivered of it right then and there. It just, he did a choking thing, all this kind of manifestation stuff. And, uh, that spirit came out of red. And I realized, ah, now I get it. <laughs> the sentence of death with the power of God. I'm just telling you. And from that point, I, I knew for me, 
my, my discerning of spirits thing has always been operated since then. It's always operated. Sometimes I don't always uh, cultivate it, but it's there. So that was my introduction to the power of God. And I told him, I said, if that's what it takes, I'm in. I don't know what this means, and I'm a little bit scared, but please help me understand this. And at that point, I started realizing that a lot of the faith stuff was actually a manipulation. Trying to get this stuff in our own power. It was. It is. I I tried it, folks. I mean, I ran one time with a flaming fever. I should have gone to the doctor, but I was claiming my healing, and I ran, and I nearly died. Because, you know, it was a PT test. Lord, I collapsed in my office and died, almost died. It was horrible. This presumption. The Lord was telling me, go to the doctor. And I said, no, I'm believing. And and I made made myself worse because of it. So anyway. So I I started learning that there's a, it's not what you, it's more getting out of his way and and humbling yourself than anything else. He wants to, he, he's not interested in making us better people or just being, you know, he's interested in his son being formed in us so that his son can be manifested through us. That is what Jesus is after, folks. But we instinctively don't like to die. It's scary. But he knows that. Now, I, I'm, the whole, Jesus' example through his whole life is that. It's what he did. He cried to the Father. Can you imagine the Son of God doing that? So, I mean, Jesus had a cross in his whole, through his whole life. So even the Son of God. So if we follow his example, that's what he did. And, of course, the culmination was the cross. I always like to say uh, uh, at the Garden of Gethsemane, to me, when, when the power is, is evident through the cross, it's just overwhelming. All he had to do was speak, and he knocked down a bunch of Roman soldiers. Well, that's what happened with, with Red. It was so strong, it just <laughs> pulled it out. It's like, whoa. And, and it's like I said, I'm not seeking just an experience, but it's the kingdom. And God does want to do this. He wants to manifest himself to us in reality. But we're vessels of his power, and they have to be prepared. So I did a little uh, word study. Um, and you know what that sentence of death means? Sentence of death. It does. It's in the sense of judging. Uh, death of the body, separation, whether natural or violent, soul from, uh, of the soul from the body, which is life on the earth is it. Which life on the earth is ended. So death is... Death of, of the body, that separation, whether natural or violent, of the soul from the body by which uh, the life on the earth is in. This is the Greek, okay? Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce them. I'll let Jackie do that. Anyway, you can look, you can, um, look it up. It's in the Strong's lexicon. And I, I just wanted to see what it said, anything weird. or but It's basically that. But there is a, it is talking about, the sentence is a judgment. And it comes from that root word. And the, uh, the, the death is actually separation uh, from life on earth, <laughs> which I like. 
Yeah. Oh, by the way, Scripture does talk about our life being hidden in Christ, and then when we we meet Him, then we're going to be glorified. Then it will be us. I'm, that's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in seeing what that is, but right now we're, we're in retirement. <clears throat> so, like the word of faith, which is a legitimate thing, there is a word of the cross in Scripture. Uh, and how many people hear that preached? Have you heard of that preached in America? Word of the cross? Did you? So, I mean, like on TV? For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever. I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For indeed, Jews ask for a sign, Greeks search for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to Jews a stumbling block and to Gentiles foolishness. Mm. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So this is the power of God and the wisdom of God. The word of the cross. So I encourage you to seek the Lord's face on where... You've been retired. So the normal Christian life is laying down one's life completely like death. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Allowing him to form himself in me by submitting to his dealings to produce that. And then the power comes. It's not a mystery. The, the, the key is not being deceived and relating to circumstance. One of the things I've learned also in this track is that God's in control, even of the devil. Now, I'm not saying the devil doesn't have a certain amount of autonomy, but God's in control. Everything. He knows everything that goes on. He's not outside looking in with his face plastered up against the, 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 the earth as a globe. Oh, my God, it's going to happen. It's not like they teach that stuff. I'm, I'm telling you. It's not like that. God's in control. And so when we suffer or when we're happy, no matter what, we want to find out what God is doing. Don't waste any of your suffering. Don't waste sickness. Don't waste anything. God's in control. And there's a reason for what things happen. He's able even if it's uh, because of something we've done that's wrong, sin. He can pull that thing back and completely restore it and wipe it away. Isn't that wonderful? So he's able and he is there. But can you imagine what would happen if you have a different view and you're trying to relate to your circumstances like that? You become a, you know, you lose your mind in a lot of ways. So... um, 
one of my dealings, one of my, one of my things, my deals, is the work of God or the dealings of God. <clears throat> and they are real. So here's, here's an example. As an example, brethren, of suffering and patience, says James 5, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We count those who blessed who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings, that the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. It's funny how... <laughs> it's funny how he views it that way. I look at that book. Compassion and mercy. Okay. <laughs> right? You know what happens in Job. Compassionate and merciful. Even that view is different. Because it looked like he destroyed the guy and brought it back, but it was really a hard work. So... If you don't understand God dealing, then you're going to say the book of Job doesn't apply or it's out of the covenant or something. I've heard many stories. But in the New Testament, that, that talks about that being a dealing. So I think there's a seminal work in each of our lives where God deals with us. There's going to be a single event where he breaks us from our flesh and manifests his son. And that's what happened to, to Job. And so there are dealings that God uses to manifest his son in us. And so there's all kinds of examples, and that's one of them. And don't minimize it, like, because it's Old Testament. Because it's here in the New Testament, as an example. <laughs> there you go. So we're being formed into the image of Jesus. None of us are perfect, and we never will be. We are always going to have to deal with sin, but there will be times when we will be processed, I guess that's the way to put it, enough that the, his son will manifest himself in us. And that's all I want. I don't want to talk. I don't want to, I don't want to do anything unless God is doing it through me. Otherwise, it's just a waste of time. And that's why Paul was like he was about being um, trembling and in fear because that means he wasn't trusting in himself. He was allowing the cross of Christ to deal with him. What we have are a lot of people that are spit and polished and are preaching. What we want to have are men that are broken or that are being dealt with. And you can tell it is God when the power comes. That's, that's the indicator because the power will, will show up at some point. And so... My prayer is for the church to learn where we are and to get hooked, to get in alignment with what God's doing in our lives and not miss that because of uh, misunderstanding what God's doing or because of doctrine that that's, uh, denies that. And I'm telling you, it's really strong. It, it concerns me. We have so many people that are in this, uh, you know, doing the, the theology of glory uh, trying to bring heaven to here, and that's not where we are yet, folks. We're going to get there, but it's we're now in the age of the cross. I think he was absolutely right about that. And it's not that God's a masochist. It's just that we don't realize our nature. He does. We, he's not a sadist. Yeah, that, yeah, sorry. There you go. No, that's fine. I don't normally do this either. 
I got to do this more, though, because I'm going to be doing it more. I, I got this concept from Watchman Nee. He, he was ta- teaching about suffering, and I know people don't like him, but that's okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, he, he gets a bum rap a lot of times because of. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of them. Matter of fact, the very first book I got when I was a Christian was Release of the Spirit by him, and it revolutionized my life. It's all about this stuff. Um, what would you ask me? I want to know more about don't waste any Oh, he, I, he, he, he said you if you're sick or if you're, you're suffering or if you need to find out what's going on and be honest with him. It could be sin. It could be the devil attacking you. It could be God dealing with you, but find out. Don't, don't stop until you find out what's happening. Don't waste anything, including sickness and disease and Poverty, the whole deal. Find out what God's doing. Don't waste it. And I thought that was really wise. I've never heard anybody say that. Because these things are real. These circumstances are real. And uh, so his, his whole deal was to pray through it. If you're in a particular thing you don't like, ask him why. Seek counsel. Pray about it until you find out. And you've got to be humble and honest. Did I do it? Are you just... Is this a Job thing where I'm, everything's cool and you're just taking me to the next level? Or is the devil taking advantage of something that I don't know of? You know, find out. Because if he's in control, you're good. If he's not in control, you have a problem. So that's, that is uh, an important thing. And you do that by seeking his face and seeking uh, counsel. So I've learned to do that, all things. Um, you guys, you guys are aware that I have uh, cancer, and my first inclination, honestly, was to just to blow it off, and oh, bless God, you know. And the Lord told me to go get chemo. And if I tell some Christians in this area that, they think I'm off my rocker. It actually saved my life, and I'm much better for it. So you don't, you don't do what's seeming right to a man. And why he does that, I have no matter of fact, you know what, I'm beginning to understand something about this because the stuff they have me on, is, it's rippling through the community and, other, and the, I heard the doctor, like, yeah, yeah, you know, and it's making them want to do more research in this area. Much what he told me, him and this radiologist, they were like, whoa, dude, we're going to give it to two other people because it really works, I mean, because of me. And it's like, oh, so they're, they're actually, I don't know, Maybe that's not the reason, but it's happening, and it's amazing stuff. So it's helping people that, that need it. So you don't know what God's doing in these things often. And like with Job, he didn't understand what was going on, did he? Mm-hmm. But the whole thing was processing him to make him realize who God was. And to me, that is the key issue because we are like little gods. And we are basically moved aside and dethroned. Huh? <laughs> no, I'm saying how we act. We're not gods. We're sons of God. But we act like, we act like him. Anger, hate, 
All those things are a manifestation of a God. So we have no business doing that because it's He's the Lord, not us. So, any comments, questions, corrections on my use of words? Exactly. I mean, that's, that's the point. God is faithful. It really is. He's faithful because he knows our hearts. We, we do not know our hearts. And anybody who thinks he does is, you know, what Scripture says about that. So we, we don't understand it. So, but he knows it, and he, he knows it well enough to put us where, right where we need to be. Of course, a lot of us hate where we are. But if he's in control, right? So theoretically, he's in control. So if he is, then where we are is where we... Even if there's a, a misalignment somewhere, once we seek his face, he'll just fix it up. So if he's in control, he knows what's best for us. Cain and Abel? No, one didn't. One was one was not. Yeah, one was completely in. The, that's that's the story. One was fleshy, and the other one wasn't. And from time in the beginning, the flesh has always persecuted the foes of the spirit. That's the way it is. It's always been like that. That's a verse somewhere. So, yes. Who, where were you when? That's what I'm saying. We we have this God complex in us. It, it, it's small G, but.
You can try. And, and Job did. And Job did. And that's the whole point is that he tried to argue the whole way through it. But you know what? The Lord put up with it, too. And also realize uh, probably the more important thing is how he related to his friends. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's the whole. And in control. Exactly. Yes. And it's So it's learning to and, and it, that, giving it to him is learning to submit to these dealings. It's not letting the devil run over you or people run over you, but it's learning to submit to his dealings. And, and, <laughs> there is a despairing of life. So you'll even get to the point where you think you're dying. Oh, I've been there. <laughs> Last week. <laughs> but God can initiate that and bring it, this through it. I'm sure Job was... But I was going to say, the, the, to me, one of the big lessons in Job is how we relate to others when we're going through this. Because he, he got it finally right with God, but he still messed up with his friends. And the Lord said, you need to, pray for, you need to love your friends, and then I'll accept you. See, even after all that, it was still, well, these guys were jerks. Anyway, you know, so even after all that, it was still, to me, that was like a kick in the teeth. It's like, whoa. Even after all that processing, he still had problems with his friends. He didn't learn to love them. Even after that, and the Lord made sure that you pray for you, you love your friends, and then I'll accept your offering. So it's... He processes us in the processing, you know? <laughs> Amen.
all this is so important. Uh, so much wisdom here, such a, such a, a rich topic to, to submit ourselves to. Do you notice the title is The Normal Christian Life?